In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? Thanks for joining us once again at St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, where we strive every day to learn a little bit more about God and what He's done for us. We like to think of ourselves as terribly clever, don't we? When I took over the evangelism committee at our church, I had a whole notebook full of ideas that I took to our first meeting. Some of my ideas, well, they're terrible. They're half-baked, half-ideas of a dreamer, and those got tossed right away. But some of the ideas seemed pretty good to us, and maybe some of them were, but we weren't the right group of people to carry them out. Most of the ideas were flashy, made with my eyes in the stars and my head in the clouds, designed to really rope in hundreds of people from the community. But you know what happened? Pretty much all of my ideas flopped. But what remained? That one thing needful. There are some really beautiful translations in the King James Bible, perfect in form and function. Luke chapter 10 verse 42 is one of them. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. These are the words of Jesus in that famous event where Martha runs around crazy getting everything ready, and Mary sits at Jesus' feet, listening to the word incarnate. And we were left with that one thing needful too. A podcast that puts out meditations on the word four times a week. A prayer group where fellow believers gather virtually each week around the Word to petition the Lord to help and strengthen us, and a fellowship between services where we support each other in our daily struggles between those church services. None of those activities are flashy, and my podcast isn't a viral hit. I have no idea how many people actually are participating in the prayer group, but what I can tell you is that bit by bit our church is growing, by onesies and twosies. Did they come because of our evangelism programs? Almost certainly not. But when folks get here, we're ready to share the word with them, untarnished by human ideas. And that is the one thing needful. That's where our duty lies, to share the word with everyone we get a chance to. Value for value is a term that is sometimes thrown around the independent podcast community. The idea is, we produce this podcast and we give it freely. There are no paywalls, no annoying captures to prove you're not a robot, no subscription fees, but it has value. And there are many ways that you can give value back to a podcast. No, I don't want your money, but if you find this podcast valuable, share it with a friend, or a stranger, or whoever. I want people to hear God's word and to be saved. Even if they just start with the podcast, listen for a bit and then they start going to church and reading their Bible every day, and they never listen to this podcast again? That's true value returned. Today's meditation is based on Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21, and comes to us from Pastor Allard in the Minneapolis area. As stated, we go back to Genesis chapter 50, and we read a section from it. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Please, forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. And when their message came to him, Joseph wept. So far the word. You're Joseph. 
the second youngest of 12 brothers, the second youngest, Benjamin of course being the youngest, and don't forget you and Benjamin are the sons of another mother, right? Same father, Jacob. But Jacob likes you the best. Your father loves you the best. And he makes sure, just in case the other brothers didn't notice that, he makes sure to give a very expensive coat just to you. Nobody else. Any mom, dad, grandpa, or grandpa who's giving gifts like that, you know how things go down if you give gifts like that. Right? Usually doesn't go well. If it's a birthday, yeah. But otherwise, it doesn't go well. But this is what Jacob was doing. And he didn't seem to see the problem that he was creating amongst his sons. And so we have Joseph. And he goes and watches his brothers work, and he comes back to his dad and says, yeah, my brothers aren't doing their job well today. Uh, why wasn't Joseph out there in the fields working with his brothers? Kind of wonder that question. And then he comes along with those dreams saying, yeah, you're all going to eventually bow down to me. I think that's what the dreams that I'm saying is saying. You're going to bow down to me at some point. And eventually his brothers got sick of this. And their anger swelled and swelled until finally they threw their brother into a cistern, a hole in the ground, and then they sold their brother to a slaver. And then he ends up being Joseph, a slave in a foreign country. And then his master's wife lies about him and he becomes a prisoner. How things changed. But then everything changed again with a dream of the king. The king had a dream, and he was told Joseph could interpret it. And so Joseph did interpret the dream and said, seven years of the best crops you will ever see in Egypt, and then seven years of the worst famine you'll ever have. And the king, the pharaoh, says, who is as wise as you? You will be the one to manage the salvation of our people. Show us what happens when you present a solution, right? You get chosen for the job. Remember that. Don't present solutions. Just right, keep your head down. No, that's not the lesson. But the main point here is all of a sudden Joseph was the second, arguably, the second most powerful man in the world. And then along come eventually all these starving, hundreds of thousands of people starving because of the famine hit the whole region. And some of those people were his brothers. And I'm not going to prolong this because there's other parts of Scripture we'll go to in the future that dwell on this more. But I would say, other than Jesus Christ and what he did for the world, this is just my opinion. I would argue this is the most dramatic, dramatic moment in all of Scripture when the governor of Egypt says, I am your brother. Right? Did they have like 30 seconds of their mouths just hanging open going, what? Joseph? And then came next, what emotion? You know it. Terror. It's really him. And now we come right to the point of our lesson where now the dad dies and the brothers say, we're dead. We all know the only reason that that Joseph had mercy on us was because Jacob, our dad, was alive. He didn't want to put his dad through the pain. And so now we're dead men walking. And Joseph comes to them and says, Am I in the place of God? And he shows them mercy. 
Today we are going to look at what Joseph did with his brothers, and we are going to use this as our theme, be liberated. Be liberated from hate. I'm going to go right back to a verse we used just like three, four weeks ago. I have to use this because of what Joseph did. Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Slavery, imprisonment, that's good. God. That's quite an ask from our God, isn't it? But we need to define real carefully what good is. And I'm not going to say this is the one and only definition of divine good as God defines it, but good is this. Anything that ultimately strengthens your faith in Christ. Anything that ultimately lands you on the shores of heaven. That's good. And now I very carefully define this a little bit further. Good, that can even mean then that it can include anything up to and including enslavement? Yes. But that does not mean the enslavement is good in itself. That doesn't mean that slave masters are good. That doesn't mean that whole concept is good. It means God can somehow, with his power, force good to come out of evil. The good comes from it. And one more thing. Therefore, we do not run to mistreatment. We Christians do not seek out injustice so that good may come from it. No. So, anything that leads to the strengthening of your faith is good. Got it? Okay. Now look back at what Joseph did. He says to his brothers, Am I in the place of God? Or, to put it most simply, I forgive you. This seems strange to us, doesn't it? After all that his brothers had put him through, and the best estimate is that that enslavement and imprisonment of Joseph lasted, get this, it lasted 13 years of his life that he lost to that injustice. What can we say other than this, that God uses pain to train us? I don't want to admit that. Your pastor doesn't even want to preach that. But God uses injustice to train us. Joseph suffered dearly at the hands of his brothers. And yet, what do we see? He makes the hard choice. And he speaks the words of forgiveness to his brothers. Now, in our lives today, there is no shortage of people who do injustices to each other. Surely, you have had people do them to you. Maybe it was when you are or were a waitress and somebody shortchanged you, right? Somebody shortchanged you in some way. And you experienced that, and now you are generous. More generous than you ever would have. And you are more generous with waitresses, with people who bring pizza to your door, you tip them extra. You've changed. It could be somebody who talks about you, gossips behind your back, stabs you in the back. And you take that and say, I'm not going to be that. In fact, you know what? You 
cut me right out of the grapevine. I don't want any part of your gossip. And i got to tell you people, your sisters and brothers in Christ, the faster you can get classmates, co-workers to cut you out of the grapevine, the happier you'll be. Don't even share any of it with me. Don't want it. Don't care. But you've learned from that. And now you defend other people's reputations and you refuse to hear gossip. Oh, you go into the bathroom to share gossip? Then I'll find another bathroom. See ya. You've learned. It can be you were picked on as a child and bullied. And now you grew up and you started a charity that defends children who have no one who will speak for them, that defends anybody who cannot defend themselves, including the unborn. These changes, they seem so trivial at first, but when people learn from them in order to help someone else, this is the hand of God. This is one of the ways that God blesses his people through injustice, and we say, not me. And it's not just fear and anger we're liberated from here. You can be liberated from your past. If it's your brother, if it's another person who calls themselves a Christian who has wronged you, if it's the traditional bully at school, if it's a dad or a mom, no matter who it is, you are liberated from the injustices and sins they did. That doesn't mean you're perfect now, and that you're totally just over it, but you are not them. You can be liberated from the past as well. And don't be shocked and surprised if you've already seen that in your life, where you've been liberated from hatred dished out to you in the past. That being said, this is a point where we have to be very careful with forgiveness. I said before, we can actually damage people with forgiveness. Jesus is the one who said, don't throw pearls to swine. He's the one who said that. There is a category of person where sometimes they will be dangerous, violently dangerous to you, or to your mind, where they see that they did nothing wrong, they're even a danger to themselves, and what you can do is say, they did an unjust injustice to me, and I'm going to pray that God you bring somebody else into their life to bring that person to repentance because they are dangerous. There can be that category of person. Right? There can also be two categories of forgiveness. One is private. It takes place just in the heart. This is the one where Scripture says, always, always forgive. You always forgive here. Or to put it most simply, do not hate them the person who wronged you. Then there's the other one where you sometimes do it and sometimes don't. Otherwise, why did Jesus say in Matthew 18, if you forgive or you, if you don't forgive? When you are speaking out loud to a person, if they say, I was wrong, then you out loud say, and you are forgiven. If they do not acknowledge what they're doing is wrong, you do not forgive them. You might even tell them not to come up to the Lord's table for the Lord's Supper until such time as they repent. So what was Joseph doing? Because it sure looks like he let his brothers off the hook easy, right? Did he? This is the second category. Joseph was testing for forgiveness. 
And again, I'm not going to go through all the details of this other than to say one specific example. He took his brother, Benjamin, they shared the same mom, and he sat all of his brothers around a table. This is in Egypt. He has the governor. And he gave his brother Benjamin a double portion of food from all the other brothers, who were, by the way, sat around the table according to their ages, which must have freaked them out. And he gave Benjamin twice as much, and then he watched and listened. And what he heard from the brothers is, we've got to make sure Benjamin does not go into prison like Simeon did. We can't let that happen. We have to bring him back to our dad alive. And that's when Joseph ran from the room crying. What did he see in his brothers? Repentance. And therefore he said out loud, am I in the place of God? Or to explain that, God has already forgiven you. He already knows that you repented here. I didn't until you did what you did. But now I know, and I, your brother, forgive you for the injustice you did to me. God did this to bring about the salvation of many lives. How wonderful. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of lives saved from a famine. But it was more. Joseph's brother Judah was saved from starvation. Does that name ring a bell? It is from Judah would come the Lion of Judah. The salvation of billions of lives who have come to faith in a God-man who died on a cross and rose back to life. This is ultimately what Joseph did by saving lives. The Lion of Judah was born safe and sound because his ancestors survived, including Judah, and he saved even us, sitting right here today at Timothy Lutheran Church. Dear friends, when you are mistreated or when you experience an injustice, you can use the new superpower that God has given to you. It's the ability to show mercy. To always forgive here. And to, yes, if they repent out loud, you even then extend forgiveness out loud. You show mercy to them. Every single time they repent. Just as Jesus said to Peter. How did it work out after the forgiveness was given? Well, we could say it looks like a loving relationship was restored between Joseph and his brothers. Even if that was not the case, the stage was set for that to happen in the future. But I'm going to say, let's keep it real here. Let's keep it real. Not always when forgiveness and repentance happens is everything forever, happily ever after. Right? Sometimes those things don't happen in life. But what can we do? Always forgive here and seek the repentance of the person who did the injustice against you. Seek their life. That's what you're doing. By seeking a confession of sin, you're actually seeking to preserve their eternal life. Next time you are confronted with an injustice, remember this. Right? Instead of looking inward and saying, oh, what you did, if they repent, I'm helping to save their life. Your friends, what is impossible with us is absolutely possible with God, and he shares that power with us this morning. 
So don't seek out mistreatment. That's crazy talk. Don't seek injustice. But trust that God can bring good out of the most heinous evil. And may God give us the power. It might be this afternoon when you step out the doors of this church, when somebody repents to you, God give you the superhuman power to say, am I in the place of God? You're forgiven. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity